for her to give me the high sign. Are we on? All right. So welcome, everybody. And so how are you doing today? You doing okay? All right. Well, good. Well, good. Do you all have something to be thankful for? I tell you, we all, I think if we just look, we have something to be thankful for. Uh, you know, I, one thing I got to thinking about uh, that happened, uh, you know, this last week. You know, I'm thankful that I can just move my head this way and move my head that way. And you're, and you're thinking, well, why would you be thankful for that? Well, well, let me just tell you, I, was, I had a chance to play golf this last week because the weather was warm. And, uh, and on the 18th hole, I hit my tee shot and it, it cleared the sand trap. But it was in, it was on a, it was on a, uh, where I had my, I was standing like this, you know. I was in the fairway and I had about 150 yards to the green, which normally would be no problem. But it's a problem when your ball is just over a sand trap and there's a big, like a big mound in front of me, you know. And, and so I had to have one foot in the sand trap and I had to have my other foot like above on this hill. And, and you try hitting a golf ball like that and the ball wasn't like down at my feet. It was up at about my ankles. So I'm trying and I, I tried to hit it 150 yards. Well, if I had it, if I'd had any sense, I'd have just taken a, you know, a little wedge and just popped it out in the fairway. But I, <laughs> I want to try to knock that thing on the green, you know. And so I'm standing in this crazy position and I, and, and I take this swing at it. And, you know, I did something I haven't done in years and years and years. I whiffed it. I missed the ball. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's almost like the unpardonable sin. But but I don't feel so bad because you've seen those golfers on TV, you know, they've. Well, like Tiger Woods, he's one of the greatest. Now, he's not the greatest golfer of all time. Second greatest. Jack Nicklaus, I think, is the greatest. But he's probably the second greatest. But he made a 10 at the Masters uh, last week on a three-par. So it can happen to anybody where he can hit a bad shot, even a great golfer like Tiger Woods. But anyway, so I swung and I missed. And, uh, you know, it's almost uh, hitting the ball is better than missing it. So I whiffed it. And, oh. But now I want to try to get this thing on the green. And so I hit it, swung at it again. I didn't miss it this time. But my club went right into the bank, you know. And, oh, you know, so, okay, I'm all right. I'm not thinking too much and about it. And didn't really hurt, you know. You know, when you get in a car accident, sometimes you don't realize you've been whiplash till later, you know. Well, anyway, so I finished up and I didn't, I, I only hit it up about, about 100 yards from where I was and, didn't get on the green, but you know, I finished the hole, so I, I drove here to the church after we got finished, and then I had a jacket on that I had never wore with this certain shirt. It was a pullover to head, and I had, have you ever tried to get a garment off and you can't get the thing off? And I struggled with, I, right out there under the overhang, I struggled getting that thing off, and I struggled, and I struggled, and I struggled, and I struggled. If you'd have seen me, uh, stand out there, you'd have thought that something crazy is wrong with Pastor Terry. I mean, I was having like a wrestling match getting this thing off of my head. And, and in doing that, I, I further pulled some muscles here. And so I didn't realize, but I didn't realize it until I was taking a shower that night. In the shower, I made a, a little move and all of a sudden, and, and I can't turn my, now I can now, but I couldn't turn my head that way. I couldn't turn my head that way. And you know, you just think about, you know, when you lay down to, to sleep, you can't lay on one side, you can't lay on the other, you know, you lay on your back, you can't get comfortable, you know, I mean, we get real thankful for things real quick, but I told you all that to tell you this, Pastor Diane, 
she had uh, a little surgery on her thumb, you know, because she her thumb would get stuck. You couldn't, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a trigger finger. I don't know if it was a trigger finger or what. I'm glad she didn't have a gun with a trigger finger. She's liable to shoot me. But I'm just teasing. But she couldn't move her thumb, so she had a, a operation on her thumb. It's all fine now. She can move it. But the uh, thing of it is, is she couldn't drive for a couple days. So I told you that story about my neck to put it together with her thumb story. So we're driving in the car the other day. She can't drive. And I can't look this way or that way. <laughs> so she can't drive and I can't look. So she's sitting there, you know, in the, in the passenger seat. And I can't look to the right or the left. So, you know, I'm driving and she's my eyes, you know. She's telling me whether I can go or not, you know. And probably not the way you want to drive, you know. Probably not the safest. But we're driving down the road. <laughs> Come up to a, you know, to where you got to stop and look to the right or the left. I, can I go? Can I go? You know, can I go? And so it's kind of funny. So, but you get in those, those little things, you see, we take for granted. We all do. And, uh, and, and so I, I just got so thankful that I can, you know, I can do this and this. And, and I'm just so thankful that she can, can drive. But, you know, just, you know, if you ever notice with your body, if the littlest thing that goes wrong, it can affect everything else, you know. That's why the Apostle Paul likened the body of Christ to our, to our physical bodies, you know. He says when one, when one of the littlest parts suffer, we all suffer, you know. And uh, you even have your little toe go out for for a day or two. You know, it'll have the full attention of the rest of your the rest of your body. So anyway, so I'm thankful that I can go like this and like this. And you know, now I wasn't thankful that I hit that bad shot and I missed it. But you know what? Think about it. You know, I was should be thankful that I had the opportunity to play golf. You know. You know, I'm just there's there's all kinds of things that we 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 can be thankful for if we just stop and think about it. You know, and uh, next time pick up the ball and or just kick the ball. You know, that's right. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> I've thought about doing that a few times. You know, but but I've never done that. Um, but but I've thought about it. Be that as it may, uh, let's all be thankful. What do you say? Let's, let's keep a thankful attitude in all things. And, and so I, I want to talk to you today about the power of thanksgiving. In Hebrews 13 and 15, Hebrews 13 and 15 says, says therefore by him, by, by the Lord, let us continually, notice continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And, and here I, I notice some words that jump out at me continually. So being thankful is something we should do continually. And a sacrifice jumps out at me. A lot of times we don't feel like being thankful, but it's a sacrifice. And we just need to do it even, even be thankful even if we don't feel like it. And here it talks about the fruit of our lips. That means we need to be verbal in our thanksgiving to the Lord, you know, and and, and, and it says giving thanks to his name. So, so let us do what the Bible says here, continually offering the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So when I miss that, when I whiff that golf ball, I don't know if there's anybody watching me on social media. If you've ever played golf, have you ever whiffed the ball, swung and you missed, you know? I mean, um, but you know what? I guess when I whiffed it, 
I should have just, you know, thank God I'm, be, I'm able to be out here today. You know, because when I whiffed it, I wasn't, I wasn't being too thankful. I, rah, 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 rah. But I should have said, you know, Lord, I'm just so thankful I can be out here and I don't hurt. And my body's working well and the weather's so nice. And I just thank you that I whiffed the ball. <laughs> I don't know that I should do that. I guess well, the Bible said thankful in all things, right? So instead of crabbing that I miss, just be thankful that I have two hands where I can swing at it and miss. What do you say? See, I'm trying to get something through to you that, that these the littlest of things we ought to be thankful for. You know, how many people in St. Louis that are laying in hospital beds would have liked to have been out on that golf course with the opportunity to miss a golf, a golf shot? You know, see what I'm saying? So let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And, uh, and, and, and just some other verses. You know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner, you know. Did you know Thanksgiving is unique to the USA? It's unique to the United States. It actually dates back to the pilgrims. And, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, let us be, be careful that, or watchful that we never allow Thanksgiving to become just about the turkey and the food and the football games and all of all of that. And there's nothing wrong with the turkey. We ought to be glad we have the turkey to eat and be thankful, you know. But but it's so easy to get our eyes on the parades. And I don't know if they're going to have the Macy's parade this year. I, I don't know what they're doing with that. But, you know, in years gone by, it's so easy to get your eyes on on these different things. And nothing wrong with the parades. And I like to watch them, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I don't watch them like I used to when I was a kid. But but, you know, Diane likes to watch them and the football games and all of that. But uh, Diane doesn't like to watch the football games. But uh, uh but, but, you know, it's so easy to get your eyes over on those things and, and, and nothing wrong with those things. But, but, but Thanksgiving, it, it, you know, if you go back and study the pilgrims where it all began, uh, they were thankful to God. They were thankful to God. They didn't have the Macy's Day Parade. They didn't have, you know, the football games. They were thankful that they made it to the New World and they were able to be free of the, you know, of the uh, rule of England, I guess it was, and all of that. And so let us be, be always be mindful that, you know, all these other things are, are fine and wonderful, but we need to always uh, center our thanksgiving on God and, and be thankful to Him for all the, all the wonderful things that He has done, is doing, and will do for us, you know? So the power of thanksgiving, you need to realize there's great power in thanksgiving, great power in it. And I want to share a few more verses with you. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and the 18th verse. This, these, some of these are going to be in the amplified classic version of the Bible. First Thessalonians 5.18. Notice thanksgiving empowers us to be in the will of God. If you want to be in the will of God, you're going to have to be thankful. Notice what the Bible says here. Thank God in Everything. Now notice it didn't say for everything, but in everything. In everything. Now, we wouldn't be thankful to God for everything in that, you know, bad things hit and different, different things that go on in our lives that are unsavory. You know, we're not obviously thankful for those things, but in the midst of those things, in the midst of those things, we should be thankful to God. You know, thank God in everything. In the midst of anything you're going through, any negative circumstance you're going through, this COVID stuff that's going on here, you know, in the world and here in the United States, you know, I'm not thankful for it. You know, God didn't, didn't send it. 
You know, it's not a, God doesn't send, send sickness and disease to ravage, you know, innocent people. Is that right? He doesn't do that. Sickness and disease is of the devil. You, you understand and much we could say about that. So I'm not thankful for the COVID. I'm not thankful for the social distancing. I'm not thankful for the having to wear masks. And if we're not watchful, we can get grumpy in the middle of all these things. Uh, you know, but, but, but so we shouldn't be thankful for. But how many of you know we should be thankful in the midst of it? Be thankful to God in the midst of it. So in everything, notice this, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. So if you want to be in the will of God, you're going to have to be thankful in the midst of any circumstance you're in. I tell you this, if you're not thankful, then you're not in the will of God. When you're crabbing and grumbling and complaining, has anybody ever done that besides me, you know? When you're doing that, and when I'm doing that, we're not in the will of God. We're out of the will of God. At that moment in time, we're out of the will of God. So if you've ever done that, just repent. When you're grumbling and complaining, just repent and get back over into the will of God and be thankful. What do you say? Okay? And then uh, notice, so uh, thanksgiving empowers us to be in the will of God. It also empowers us to be in the peace of God. How many of you would like to have the peace of God? Well, notice here in Philippians 6, verse 7, Philippians 6, verse, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, verse 6. Had a little dyslexia moment there, but, but uh, <laughs> Philippians 4, anyone, anybody want to spell dyslexia? No, no, let's don't do that. Let's move on. So uh, Philippians 4 verse 6, notice this Amplified Bible says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now, I mean that one phrase there, there's so much in that one phrase. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I mean, you could preach a whole year on that one phrase right there. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now, do you know who said that to you? God said that to you. It's, it's in Philippians. It's, it's God writing to the church. That's what the Lord, wonder what the Lord would say to me if he was here in person. Well, he'd say, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. The thing of it is, are we going to listen to him? But notice, but in everything, notice not for everything, but in every, every circumstance and in everything. By prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And the peace, and God's peace, notice this, God's peace. See, thanksgiving triggers the peace of God. It really does. If you become thankful, the peace of God will come upon you. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And, the, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. So whatever our lot in life is, we, you know, we need to be content with it. And uh, which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
That's talking about God's peace. It'll, it'll, it'll garrison and, and, and mount guard over your hearts and your minds, the peace of God. And I want that. I want that for me. I want that for you. I want, I want the peace of God that, that tra- do you ever notice the peace of God transcends all understanding? When you get the peace of God on you, I tell you what, uh, uh, there's been some times in my life where I didn't know how I was going to handle a situation. And uh, I, I just didn't know how I was going to handle it. And, and I got in the midst of it. And guess what happened? The peace of God came on me. And, and in the midst of it, I was, I, I, I was, it, it, it did something to me. It, it, and it transcended all understanding. And people said, well, how did you make it through that, 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 that difficult time? And I couldn't really explain it. Other than it was the peace of God, it it's beyond all human understanding, and it 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 guards over your hearts and minds. I remember when my mother went to heaven, and and something that I had thought about from the time I was seven years old, because my father passed away, you know, my dad when I was seven years old, he was fifty-two, and 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 I thought, oh my gosh, you know, it was just sudden, and uh, I thought about when my mom would go what that would be like and, and and how I would handle it and all those years came and went and she lived to be 90 and and I, a lot of folks thought well when she goes how is Pastor Terry going to take it because her and I were very very close and people were thinking that I was going to fall apart and be a you know maybe not be able to continue on with life you know you know that happens to some people but uh, but I tell you what when that time came God got me ready for it and his peace came on me and much I could say about it, but it was her time to go. She went to be with the Lord. She was born again. All right. You know, and but the peace of God came on me and I, I thought at the funeral I was going to be a mess. I thought I was going to be, you know, just a mess. But I tell you what, I just sat there and I didn't even cry. I, well, I knew where she was. There's no reason for me to cry. She's with the Lord. You know, she wouldn't want to come back here now if she could not even come back to see me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know the peace of God was all over me, and uh, he just he just uh, he just took a shot needle out, so to speak, and shot me up with his peace. You know that's a good thing, isn't it? And uh, and you know what? I think back on it now. I just really really never thought about it till right now. But but I, I, I in the midst of that, I was very thankful for how God got me ready, and how and how He really prepared my mother, and how He got me ready. And I guess in the midst of that Thanksgiving. His peace came on me and I just went through it. Just, just, you know, now, I'm not saying that my heart wasn't heavy. It was, but I mean, I was able to make it through it. Can you say amen? amen. And, and so we need to be thankful and the peace of God will come on us. There's power in thanksgiving. And then notice thanksgiving empowers us to face every situation. Look at Philippians four here. Uh, we're in verse 7. Let's go to verse 11. Philippians 4.11, Amplified Bible says, Paul, the apostle, writes and says, Not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content or thankful. We could say thankful there. I've learned how to be content or how to be thankful. I think, I think being thankful is something we need to learn. We need to learn how to be thankful. We need to learn how to be content. And he said, I've learned how to be content or thankful, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. I tell you what, we, we can learn a lot from this man, can't we? That we need to learn to be content or be thankful and satisfied to the point where we're not disquieted or disturbed 
no matter what the circumstances are. He says, then notice that he says, I, I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances or, or tough circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. So in his life, the Apostle Paul's life, there were times where, you know, like old mother Hubbard, old mother, old mother Hubbard's cupboard. <laughs> you try saying that sometime. Old Mother Hubbard's cupboard. You know, the cupboard was bare, you know. Well, there were some times in Paul's life where the cupboard was bare. And there's other times that he had plenty. Plenty. But in the midst of both, he was thankful. He learned how to be thankful whether he had little or a lot. And we need to learn the same thing. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've watched people over the years, just many people over many, many years of over a couple of decades where sometimes they'll complain about their jobs, you know. And I've told them again and again, numerous people, I say, you know what? Be thankful you have one. Is that right? Just be, just be thankful. There's a lot of people who don't have a job. Be thankful you have one. But no matter what, what the circumstance, no matter if you've got, if the checkbook is full or if the checkbook is low, now, you don't like it if it's low, but of course, what does the Bible say? No matter what the circumstance, we're supposed to be thankful. And uh, notice, let's read on here. He says, verse 12 again, I know how to be abased and live humbly. I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned, there it is again, I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. What is he telling us? No matter what circumstance he was in, he learned to be thankful. He learned to be thankful. And if you'll do that, the peace of God will come on you. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And, uh, and, and, and it'll put you right in the middle of the will of God. And when you're in the will of God, that's where the peace of God is. Now here's another verse, excuse me, another verse along those lines. Hebrews 13.5. Hebrews 13.5. Notice what the Bible says here. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. So we're supposed to let our character be free of those things. And be satisfied or be thankful, we could say. Be thankful with your present circumstances and with what you have. The Bible's saying this again and again, isn't it? To be thankful no matter what the circumstances, no matter what you have or don't have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now that's good, isn't it? He said he'd never, he'd never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never leave us without support. And then I like this next part here in the Amplified. It says, it says this, God is saying, I will not, I will not, I will not. He says it three times. So whenever God starts repeating himself, now how many of you know when God says it one time, we need to listen? But when he starts repeating himself, we really need to listen. That's what I always told my students, you know, when I was, at, when I was teaching, teaching school, I was teaching mathematics. I told them, now, you know, if I ever repeat it, if I ever write it up on the board, you, you need to put it down because it's going to be on the test. So I tell you what, when God says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any 
degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now, can you say amen to that? That's so powerful, I want to read that again. Listen to this. He says, whole verse 5, I think we ought to read it again. Let your character your moral dis- or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied or be thankful with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Is that exciting? I mean, there's so much, much in that one verse right there. There's so much in, in that one verse right there. But we need to be thankful, see. We need to be thankful. And uh, that one verse right there, you could preach a whole series of messages just on that one verse. I like when he said, I will not, I will not, I will not. Leave you helpless nor forsake you. So let's grab a hold of that. What do you say? Now then, in, in, so, so we see that uh, being thankful empowers us in the midst of every situation. I'm thankful that God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. How about you? That's a good deal. Now let's see here. Let's go to John 6 verse 11. Let's notice something else here that we see our our Lord Jesus Christ doing. Remember when he fed the multitudes with the loaves and the fish? Notice what he did before he because see they, they had a need. They had a multitude and they didn't have enough food. They just had a little bit. And the disciples didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know how they were going to feed the multitudes, you know. There's thousands and thousands of men and women didn't know what they were going to do. And uh, remember what Jesus did. There was a little boy there that had a few loaves and a few fish. And don't ever forget this. Even if you have just a little bit. I like what one minister said years ago. It's so good. He said, little becomes much when it's placed in the master's touch. Isn't that good? Little becomes much when it's placed in the master's touch. So how do you take just a few loaves and a few fish and feed multitudes of people? Well, you take that little and place it in Jesus' hands. But notice what Jesus, our Lord, did before he fed the multitudes. Notice John six eleven. Jesus took the loaves and when he had what? When he had given thanks. He gave thanks to the heavenly Father, you see. When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish. And they had as much as they wanted. Is that something? Is that something? And the the Bible says there were basketfuls left over, basketfuls of food left over. Everybody had as much as they wanted. But, you know, much we could say about this, but it, it started out. With uh, the Lord giving thanks. Well, it actually started with the little boy that was willing to give his, you know, his lunch, if you will, I guess. And uh, much we could say about that. But, but little was placed in the master's touch. And little becomes much when placed in the master's touch. But Jesus himself gave thanks to the Heavenly Father and then distributed and they had as much as they wanted. So if you want to have an abundant supply in your life, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be thankful. 
You're going to have to be thankful. And uh, it'll put you, like I said, it'll put you in the, in the middle of the will of God. It'll cause the peace of God to come on you. And, uh, and you'll have as much as you want. You'll have as much as you want. You'll have as much as you want. Did you know God wants you to have as much as you want? He really does. He really does. He, he doesn't want to just uh, meet your need. He wants to run you over. You know why he wants to run you over? He wants to run you over so you can, you can bless somebody else. Amen. And, and let's don't ever be stingy when he runs us over. Let's be willing to bless other people. You know, I had an experience this last week that, that I hadn't had since I was, uh, I guess I'm 57 now. I know I look like I'm 32, but I'm 57 now. But when I was, uh, I guess when I was 20, when I was 22 years old, 21, 22, I was sitting in a church and uh, I, I had just gotten hired as a math teacher and I was making uh, decent, you know, okay money, I guess, for back then. And But I was just, I was a tipper in those days. I wasn't a tither, I was a tipper, you know. I was a tipper. And uh, you know what I mean, a tipper? And when the offering basket would come by, I didn't even put in close to the tithe. I, did, I, I didn't even really put in a decent tip. And, uh, and I had the Spirit of God speak to me. I mean, he just, it was just so, just so almost turn around, look, see if somebody was talking to me. He's just loud on the inside. And he called me a freeloader, you know, way back there then. And he talked to me about how, how I was sitting there taking up the light, lighting and the air conditioning, you know, and sitting on those nice seats and, and all of that. And I wasn't doing my part, you know, and, and he called me a freeloader. Well, he's God. He can call me whatever he wants to. Is that right? And, uh, and, 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 uh, I, so, so anyway, uh, I began tithing back there then and have to the present hour and God's blessed us, uh, wonderfully. But I went into a restaurant on, uh, on, on, on Friday and, uh, I was able to look a little better by that time. Diane didn't go with me. I went into a certain restaurant here and, you know, they were just doing, uh, 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 carry out. And, uh, you know what I mean? So I walked in there. And, uh, and, and I go in, there's a, there's a nice young lady there that's, you know, serving the counter and the cooks, you could see them in the back. And, and so I go in there. See, God runs us over so that we can be a blessing to others. So I went in there and, uh, Diane had called the order in. So I go in there, you know, cause I want to get it and get it back home so we can eat it while it's still hot. And so I go in there and, uh, uh, I, I walk in and, uh, uh, and she puts the stuff up there and I said, well, I don't see anybody in here. She said, well, sir, it's takeout only. I, okay. And, uh, I said, how's business been? Oh, she said, sir, it hasn't been, been too good. And, uh, uh, and, and so anyway, so she brings the food over and she puts the, the, the bill up there for me to sign, you know. And, and I said this, I said, uh, I said, now I usually tip, but I said on takeout orders, I, 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 I don't cause I'm just, and when I said that, you could see her countenance just fell. And, uh, and, and, and then I had the Lord call me a name right on the inside. He said, you're an old tightwad. Now, right on the inside. It's been decades since he's called me a name. He called me the old tightwad. That right on the inside, I almost looked around just like that voice all them years ago. Called me a tightwad. And so, so I'm thinking there, so, so I, so, so anyway, so I pull my wallet out and I, I had her make some change, you know, and, and, uh, 
and then, so she broke up a bill and, uh, uh, and she broke up a 20 and so I, 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 she didn't have any 10s so she gave me, gave me four or fives, you know. And so I, I, I just, so, so I, so I slapped $10 down there and, 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 and the Lord said, you're still a cheapskate. <laughs> Right on the inside, I mean, you know. So I said, I said, I, I didn't tell her what was going on. I just, I said, there, take it. So I gave her the whole thing, you know. And she's freaking out, you know. And, 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 uh, and I did tell her, I said, I said, ma'am, I said, uh, I said, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I said, I'm giving you this because the Lord wants you to have it. And I told her about the Lord Jesus, you know, and, and so forth. And so I told my wife afterward, I'd have been better off if I'd have went in there and just gave her 20% because by the time the Lord got done with me, I paid more than what the, uh, I paid more than what the bill was. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> so, so you give the 20%, you don't give the 20%. By the time God got done with me, she got, she got, she got a lot more than what the bill even was, you see. Well, why does he? But you think about it. God's blessed my wife and I abundantly. And there's a, a little gal working in a restaurant in this COVID thing. She hasn't been able to get tips, you know. And I go in there and I'm not going to give her a tip. Why? You know, God should have called me worse than that. I said he should have called me worse than that. I'm glad he didn't. But right on the inside, you know. You can see, you can see I brought, you know, they give you a duplicate copy. And so the one that I brought home was all goofed up because I showed it to Diane. And the reason it was because the Lord was talking to me, calling me names while I was trying to fill that out. You try filling out a ticket sometime when God's calling you names. Right on the inside. So now he's calling me a freeloader. He's calling me a tightwad and a cheapskate. <laughs> But I tell you what, when I ever go in for a takeout, I'm giving at least 20%. If all that girl has to do is walk from here to there, she's getting 20%. So that she doesn't, you know why? Because I want to bless her, but I also don't want her to get all the rest of the money out of my pocket, you see. <laughs> but if the Lord wanted it, it'd be fine, you know. I was telling Diane, I told Diane, I said, you know what, I'd have been better off giving her 20% because this way it cost me more than the whole bill. She said, no, you're better off to do what God said. Is that right? Time and time again, time and time again, we've given things away and blessed people when, when we really didn't even have it to give away. And God, some other way down the road somewhere, it comes back a hundred times over, many times, more than that a lot of time. Can you say Amen. So why does God fill you up and run you over? So you can have it yourself to be blessed and so that you can what? Be, be a blessing to others. Is that right? So just take it from me. You go into any of these carryout places. Even if the waitress has to walk just three steps, guess what you do? You give her a good tip. All right? So take it from me. All right? So I don't want God calling you names. All right? So anyway, I thought that was interesting afterward, but uh, it sure woke me up, sure woke me up. Those people have to pay their bills too, you know, and they don't have, you know, regular business. So we need to remember that. Okay, and uh, you know, one of the worst things you can do to be a really lousy witness for the Lord is you go into a restaurant and the waitress waits on you 
She hears you talking about the Lord, him or her, hears you talking about the Lord while you're eating, you know. And then you put a pittance of a tip down, if any, uh, and then you leave a, you know, a, a track there. You know, that, that gives the Lord a bad, it, it shines badly on him, you know. So bless them financially. They'll, they're more likely to listen uh, to, what, uh, to what you have to say. That could be the thing that got that girl saved down the road somewhere. Can you say amen to that? Anyway, I didn't tell you that to make me look good. <laughs> it doesn't make me look good. I told her the Lord called me all kinds of names, you see. But the thing is, we need to be thankful. God will fill us up, run us over, and then let's don't be stingy with it. Let's don't be, let's don't be stingy with it. Let's be, let's be liberal. What do you say? Liberal in our, in our giving, in our blessing, you know. All right, John, almost finished. John 11, 11 verse 41. Uh, here's another thing that we see that happens uh, when we're thankful. It'll cause, uh, if something has died in your life, just becoming thankful can cause that thing that's died to be, re to be resurrected. Notice when Lazarus had died. Did you ever notice when Lazarus died? We covered it some weeks ago. And by the way, if you're wondering, I, I, I was supposed to be finishing up uh, the healing series today. But since it's communion, I thought I'd do this and we'll finish that next week if that's okay. Is that all right with you? Okay. So uh, thought we'd just interrupt that and do this and we'll finish it next week. But notice here in John eleven forty one. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, where Lazarus was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, now notice what he says. Father, I what? I what? I... I what? I thank you that you have heard me. Notice this miracle started out with thanksgiving, didn't it? Start out with thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because, uh, uh, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he'd said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And of course, Lazarus came forth and was raised from the dead. But notice how that miracle started. It started with Thanksgiving, didn't it? Now, look over here at Acts, the 16th chapter. Um, so if there's something that's died in your life, something that has died in your life, maybe a relationship has died. I don't know what it might be. But if something has died in your life, just get real thankful. And be thankful to God. And uh, God has a way about resurrecting dead things. But, but, but thank, it's the thanksgiving. Just like this thanksgiving that triggers you getting into the will of God. Getting into the peace of God. It, it's thanksgiving that can cause the resurrection power of God to go into operation in your life. Now notice here in Acts 16. Remember when Paul and Silas. Remember when they wound up in that Philippian jail. You remember that. Most people are familiar with it. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But notice. Uh, yeah, remember Paul cast a demon out of for, uh, a fortune teller. And, and him and Silas wound up in prison because of it. And they were put in the lowest part of the prison. And they were, they were bound you know, up with the, with the chains. And so on and so forth. They had every right. Not right. But every reason. Every reason to be crabbing and complaining. Lord, we're serving you. We did what you said do. We helped this girl get free, you know, of the demon and so on and so forth. And look what we got out of it. We served you and look what we got. We're in jail here. We're in the worst part of the jail. We're in, we're in stocks here in the jail. Now, now they, they, they had every reason to crab and complain. I, I didn't say right. I said reason. They had every reason. 
Every reason to, to grumble and complain. But look here in Acts 16 verse 25. What they're doing in the midnight hour. It says at midnight Paul and Silas. Now notice they were not crabbing and complaining. They were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. Now was that a sacrifice do you think on their part? I think it was a sacrifice. But remember how we started this off. Remember how we started this off. We started off, and, and I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, and he said, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So you see, he wasn't just a, uh, somebody that preached. He, he, he preached, but he practiced what he preached. I, I believe he preached what he practiced. You know, it's a whole lot easier to preach what you practice than practice what you preach. Huh? I said it's a whole lot easier to preach what you practice. If you're practicing something in your daily life, it's a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier and a whole lot more powerful to preach it. It's harder to practice what you preach. It's real easy to say stuff, but it's harder to live that way. You follow what I'm saying? But if you're practicing, then uh, a certain lifestyle, it's a whole lot easier to preach it. So I, I don't preach what I practice. I, 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 I practice what I preach. Did you get what I just said? Preach what you practice, what you, how your lifestyle. And that's what Paul did. He wasn't just a preacher. He wasn't just a talker. He lived it, you see. And so you live it, then it's easier to preach it, what I'm trying to say. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to... Notice the prisoners were what? Listening to them. People are listening to you, dear friends. People are listening to us as Christians. They're watching us. I went into that restaurant that I told you about. That girl, don't you think that left... Because she's standing there when I gave her that... Gave her that $20, the bill was 16 paid to 16 and she got 20 I mean, she was, are you sure, sir? Are you sure you want to, oh, sir, oh, sir. I said, I just said, take it. I said, the Lord wants you to have it. Now, don't you think that made an indelible mark upon her? People are watching us. People are listening to us. I'm convinced one reason more people don't come to the Lord than what they do is they watch Christ, Christians crab and complain and grumble and go on, you know, and so forth and so on, and not act as they should. I tell you what, we as Christians, we need to, we need to live right and act right and be thankful and, and, cause people are watching us. Notice the prisoners were listening to them. Prisoners, people bound by the devil, so to speak. They're, they're watching us. And how can we get them set free? By being thankful. See, this, this Thanksgiving that Paul and Silas had, it didn't just get them set free. You read in verse 26, Therefore, there was a great earthquake so, earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. You see, it didn't just get Paul and their Thanksgiving didn't just get them set free, but it set all those other prisoners free. Can you say amen to that? That's exciting, isn't it? See, our Thanksgiving transcends just us. It affects us, all right, but it affects others around us. And you study into it, you see that the, the Philippian jailer got saved and, and, and the Philippian church was started. He became, the, the jailer became the pastor. And I believe a lot of these inmates, I, I think all of them got saved. You know how I know that? Because if you loose a prisoner from chains, aren't they going to run off? They're going to run off. These guys didn't run off. I mean, that a church started, just <laughs> pioneered right on the spot, right there. And, and you had the, the jailer became the pastor. And you got your members right there. These, these prisoners, I believe, got saved and became members of the church. Glory to God. Isn't that exciting? Now, I don't know if these prisoners became members of the church. But history tells us that that jailer became the pastor. And they had a great church there in Philippi. And it all started 
because of thanksgiving, you see. You don't know what kind of good things can happen if you'll just be thankful. Can you say amen to that? Just be thankful. It can affect you and others, you see. And then, uh, almost finished here, but notice here in, uh, in, 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 in Luke the 17th chapter, Luke the 17th chapter, does anybody remember the lepers, how many lepers there were that, that Jesus cleansed? There were 10. Uh, does anybody remember how many came back to give thanks? One. And, and uh, notice here in Luke 17, uh, verse 11, Amplified Bible, as, as Jesus went on his way to Jerusalem, it occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as, as he was going into one village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised their voices and called, Jesus, Master, take pity and have mercy on us. So they all want help, don't they? And they raised their voices and said that. Verse 14, And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once, show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cured and made clean. Now that's wonderful, isn't it? Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, only one of them turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. Now that's a good thing, isn't it? And he fell prostrate, prostrate at Jesus' feet. He fell flat at his feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. Think about that. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? What was Jesus looking for? He was looking for those other nine, wasn't he? God's looking to see whether or not we're going to be thankful or not. And there was found, was, and then he says, was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien? Wow. Think about that. Jesus is looking to see whether or not we're going to be thankful. And uh, there was only one. Now I'm convinced as I can be, I can't prove it, you can't disprove it, but I've, I've been in the healing ministry a long time. I've watched some of these things. And I will tell you, as sure as I can be, that I, I don't think for one second the other nine kept their healing. I think they lost it. I really do. I can't prove it, you can't disprove it. But I tell you what, if you will not be thankful for what God gives you, you're going to lose it. You will lose it. I said you'll lose it. I said you'll lose it. I said you will lose it. So we need to be thankful. If you want to maintain, I tell you what, if you want to receive the power of God, you need to be thankful. But if you want to maintain it and stay free, you're going to have to be thankful. You just are going to have to be thankful. You know? I tell you what, the Lord called me some names, as I said, over the years. But you know, one thing that, that, that I've never heard him say to me is that I, he never said you're unthankful. Because I've always been thankful. I've always been thankful for anything anybody's ever done to me. I can remember all the way back when my dad passed away back in 1971. I can still remember the lady that came from church and took me over to Velvet Freeze and got me a, an ice cream cone. I remember that. I remember the pastor of Vandover Baptist Church, Norman Hickson. He came and took me fishing. Because my dad, he used to take me fishing and he come and took me fishing. And, and, and I can go back that far and even farther and I can go all through my life and name people that done, did things nice for me and tried to help me. And I tell you what, I may be a lot of things, but one thing that, 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 that I, may, I may be a lot of things, may not be a lot of things, but one thing I can say is I've been thankful. And I continue to be. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to all of you all, the, all the things you've done here at this church over the many, many years. And I'm thankful to, 
to anybody that's ever done anything for me to help me. I tell you what, we need to be thankful, don't we? We need to be thankful. And you know, we all have something to be thankful for. And I'm not going to turn to the scriptures, but food and clothing. People in our lives. You know, the Apostle Paul, I could do a whole series on it. Maybe I will sometime, maybe teach two or three weeks on all the people that he was thankful for in his life, in his ministry. This man that wrote about half to two-thirds of the New Testament was one of the most thankful people that you'd ever run into, the Apostle Paul. But you know what? There's a lot of things we ought to be thankful for, but the greatest thing we should be thankful for is Jesus. And I say thing, I mean, you know what I mean. The greatest, the greatest person, the greatest thing God's ever done for us is give us Jesus. So let's be thankful for him. If you, if you got nothing else to be thankful for, be thankful for Jesus. Because he's the one that's going to keep you out of hell and put you in heaven. Is that right? So if you got nothing else to be thankful for, be thankful for that. Did you get anything out of this today? All right, praise God. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to receive communion. And, uh, and so we'll go off social media, I suppose, while we, while we do that. And Karen is going to come and sing but do y'all have something to be thankful for yeah. yeah right right now don't you all start calling me names the lord called me names. don't you do it okay all right hey bye everybody oh wait